Hi, this is Adam, pastor of Faith Methodist Church. We're so glad to have you listening to our podcast. The sermon this morning is about making room for the Holy One, Exodus chapter 3 and John chapter 1. Please enjoy and make room for the Holy One in your life. I invite you to turn with me this morning to two passages, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament, like we did last week. In the Old Testament, turn to the second book of your Bibles, that is Exodus. We're going to be at the beginning of the book in chapter 3. And then once you find Exodus chapter 3, if you will make your way over to John chapter 1. I'll be honest with you. This morning there's good news and bad news and more good news and bad news and then some more bad news. And so the good news for you is that I'm told that I'm under a time constraint. And so I should be hurrying along. The bad news is my watch broke back, oh goodness, a couple of months ago. And so I'm, I'm going to be really bad with keeping time. The good news, though, is that we got clocks in the back on the wall. The bad news is that there are two clocks. And that the other bad news is that I don't know which one to follow because they are on different times. And the even more bad news is that your tax dollars paid for that. So you're welcome. All right, all right. right. (laughs) Jim, if you'll give me a subtle, like, wave, then that'll be great. Keep it subtle, keep it subtle. We don't want to distract anybody. The word of our Lord from the book of Exodus. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Moses looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. So Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. The Lord saw that he turned aside to see, and so God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, he said. Do not come near, take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. So Moses heard the Lord say, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. The Word of Christ from the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him, was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through Him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. 
But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about Him and cried out, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because He was before me. For from His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the only God who is at the Father's side, He has made Him known. And this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask Him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. So they asked Him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? So he said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the path of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. And so they asked him, Then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him. So he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have bore witness that this is the Son of God. The next day, John was again standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And those two disciples heard him, and they followed Jesus. So Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you seeking? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and see. Father, we pray that you would bless the reading of your holy word. Give us ears to hear, O Lord. Give us eyes to see your son Jesus lifted up so that we might have life in Him and might be made holy by His Spirit. Holy Spirit, move among us. Help us, we pray. Amen. This place is different. It's not like any other place. It's completely and utterly other. This place is holy. It's a place 
that seems normal. Out in the wilderness, the side of a mountain, and there's a bush that is inflamed. And yet the bush never burns up. The flame never goes out. And so this man Moses, out tending sheep for his father-in-law, very normal circumstance, says to himself, what's that? Isn't that different? In his interest and in his curiosity, in his desire to figure out what his eyes are seeing, he encounters the living God. To encounter the living God was the whole purpose in the Old Testament of the tabernacle of God. That word tabernacle sounds fancy, sounds archaic, sounds different, and it should. But that word tabernacle simply means a tent. A tent in which people can meet. Specifically, a tent in which the people of God can meet with the living God. The one who revealed Himself to Moses and said, My name is Yahweh. The one who said, I am the God of your fathers Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. The one who then Moses hid his face for fear of seeing. This place is different. It's holy. That's what the incarnation is all about. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The way John puts it is very interesting because what John literally says is that the Word, the eternal Word, the One who formed all the worlds, the One without whom nothing was made, anything that happened to have been made was made by Him. This eternal Word who was with the Father. He became flesh. He became that which is material, that which is perishable, that which is created. If your mind is not blown by that, you're missing the point. The point is that the incarnate God or that the eternal God became incarnate. That the one who is outside of time entered into it. The one who created all things and was not himself created became a part of his creation. And John says he literally tabernacled among us. He set up camp with us in our midst. As always, God comes. God shows up. He takes His place among His people. He sets up camp with us. He says, if you're living in tents, I'll live in tents. If you're living in a body, I'll take on a body. If you know what it is to suffer pain and loss, if you know what it is to suffer frustration and aggravation by others, if you know what it is to suffer and die, I'll have some of that myself. And why? Because He who made you longs to be with you. 
He made you in His image. He made you after His likeness. Not because He needed you, but because He wanted you. He wanted to love you and to know you. And He wanted you then to love Him and know Him. This is an obsession of God all throughout the Scriptures. If you have a concordance, if you know what a concordance is, look it up in your concordance. Get on BibleGateway.com if you're interested. And look up this phrase, I will be their God and they shall be my people. That, that refrain is all throughout the Scriptures. Every part of the Scriptures contains it. I will be their God and they shall be my people. God is obsessed with you. He longs to be with you. The Scriptures begin with God and His people together in a garden. We call it Eden. And they end with God and His people together in a garden and God calls it New Jerusalem. The city of God that comes down from the new heavens and dwells on the new earth. And God says again, I will be with them. I will be their God and they shall be My people. This sanctuary is a holy place. In fact, the word sanctuary means a holy place. It's not just a place of refuge. It's not just a place of recharging. It is a holy place, a different place, a sanctified place, a place that belongs to God and God alone, a place that is used for His purposes. This place is different. It's a place where we meet with God together. It's a place where we, as His people, encounter the living God and say, Oh, Holy One, would You come among us and would You make us holy as You are holy? The Lord invites us to enter into holy times and holy places. It's what Advent, Lent, the big holidays of Christmas, Easter, Pentecost... These are all holy times, different times, special times, unique and peculiar times. Times that are unlike other times of the year. And they're given to us by God so that we as His people might draw near to Him as He draw nears to us. This is why Sunday morning is so important. This is not just something we do. This is a chance for us as God's people to meet together with Him, to enjoy His presence together, to hear from His Word together, to lift up prayers together, to lift up our voices in song as bad as I sing together. This is an opportunity for us. This is not just something that passes time or some religious thing that religious people happen to do. This is a chance to come upon the stumbling of our lives and encounter a bush that is burning, that's not consumed. This is a chance for us in the midst of walking our sheep and in the midst of working for our fathers, fathers-in-law in the midst of doing whatever it is that we're doing to encounter something that is different, something that's from another world, something that's holy. The Apostle Paul, when he's telling the ladies at Corinth to keep their heads covered, he kind of mentions this off-the-cuff uh, off remark. He says, because the angels are watching. It's like, what? 
Excuse me, Paul, come again? Come again? The book of the Revelation, when we encounter John, the revelator, who stumbles into heaven and sees the throne room of God, much like Isaiah the prophet. He's not just talking about things that are going to happen at the end of the world. He's not just talking about the annihilation of all things. In fact, he's not talking about the annihilation of all things. He's talking about the recreation of all things. John and Isaiah recognize that this is the sort of thing that happens that we stumble into as the people of God when we encounter these holy places and these holy times that God's given to us. Sunday, today, is the Lord's day. It belongs to Him. It is the day of the resurrection, the day of celebration. It's interesting, the words that we find in the mouths of Moses and Yahweh, John and Jesus. Moses sees the bush burning. He says, let me go and see this. What in the world is happening? And Yahweh tells him, take your sandals off. About that, let me go and see this. Let me say very quickly, there must be desire and an interest in your heart for the Holy One if you're ever to encounter Him. Too many of us live in sloth, spiritual sloth, which is not just laziness, it is just disinterest. There's something else to do. There's something else to be done. Something else happening. Yahweh tells him, take off your sandals. John says, there's one coming after me whose sandals I'm not worthy to take off. Very interesting. And he's in your midst, John says. John says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Go, follow Him. Following me means nothing if it doesn't lead you to Him. And so those disciples begin to follow Jesus. Like Moses, what's going on here? And whereas Moses has said, let me go and see. Jesus says, what do you want? And they said, we want to know where you're staying. Where you stay, Lord? And Jesus' invitation to them is simple. Come and see. His invitation to you and to me is very simple. Come and see. Come and see something that is out of this world. Come and see something that is truly otherworldly. Come and see the curtains of heaven drawn open. Come and encounter the Holy One in this holy place. The problem is that we don't always desire Jesus. But you know, He will let you ignore Him. He's a gentleman. He will not force Himself upon you. He loves you so much that He will let you ignore Him and have your way. Make room for Him or you'll miss Him. The Christian life and Christian worship 
it really all boils down to that fact. Make room for Him or you will miss Him. He can be missed. Most people miss Him. Last week I told you that according to Lewis, there are only two kinds of people. Those who look to God and say, Thy will be done, and those to whom God will unfortunately and ultimately look and say, Thy will be done. But according to the Apostle John, the Beloved, there are only two kinds of people. Those who do not receive Him and those who do. The Holy One. The One in whose presence we gather. The One whose presence we celebrate among us. He's marking out territory. He's claiming, claiming things for Himself as random as bushes on the side of a mountain called Horeb and dirt along the pathway next to the Jordan. He's marking out territory. He's preparing for Himself a temple He's creating a place in which to dwell. He is tabernacling among us. The question is, are you making room for Him in your life? Are you making space to dwell with Him? To dwell in Him, as the Apostle Paul calls it. As Jesus says, space in Yourself for Him to dwell in you. When God shows up, even the dirt is holy. This might change the way you think of me every time you mention my name, but the name Adam literally means dirt. It does not mean dirty. So don't think of me as dirty. It means dirt. Because Adam was formed of the dust of the ground, but God breathed the holy breath of life into him. If we are to ever be the holy people of God, the people that God calls us to be in him, We must make room in our lives for the Holy One. Father, we pray that You would move among us, that You would cry out to us, take your shoes off your feet. This place is holy. Even the dirt beneath your toes is holy. You, O Lord, are the Holy One. And You come into our midst and You call us to respond, to respond to Your holiness in holiness. So Lord, help us. Help us to carve out space in our lives, in the busyness of our schedules, in the clutteredness of life, 
in the overstretching of budgets, in everything that we've got going on in life, all of the details of our lives, all of the complications of living, Lord, we pray that you would help us to carve out space, to set aside time, to set aside moments to meet with you so that you can say to us and we can hear you, take your sandals off. This place is holy. Lord, help us to hear the voice of Jesus saying, come and see. And Lord, give us a curiosity and an interest, a desire deep within our hearts to follow, to go and to peer upon Him who became flesh to to tabernacle among us. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Father Almighty, Creator and Sustainer of all things, who sent Your only begotten Son to redeem all things, You made us in Your image. You made us to know You and love You. You made us to be known by You and loved by You. And You've made room for us, created a place for us, so that we might be near You and with You. Lord, we need to be holy. Please make us so. Bring us to the place of complete and utter surrender to Your will and to Your way. Conform us to the image of Your Son, Jesus. Father, as we gather as Your people this morning and worship You in the name of Your dear Son, We are grateful for Your presence with us, for Your nearness to us. Thank You for being with us in this holy place and for ministering to us by Your Holy Spirit. Thank You for graciously welcoming us into Your holy presence. Jesus, thank You for giving Your precious life for us, for becoming one of us and for redeeming us with Your precious blood. Holy Spirit, have Your way in our lives. Lead us. Guide us in the footsteps of Jesus. Consume us with the holy love of the triune God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, You are faithful. You are good. Help us to love You entirely. Lord, You know everything for which we are thankful. You know those things that we are thinking of in this moment, those answers to prayer, those reminders of Your goodness and of Your faithfulness. Lord, You know the cry of our hearts and You know every burden that we bear. Lord, we pray that You would help us to take our hands off of those burdens and to surrender them to You, to trust You. Lord, we pray for David's knee that You would help it to continue to heal. We thank You for the surgery going so well this past week. Lord, I pray that You would touch him, that You would heal him, that You would help him to get well completely. Lord, we lift up Catherine's knee to You and we pray that You would touch her and give her ease of the pain that she's having. Lord, we lift up our friend Boyd. We thank You so much for the chance of that we've had over these last few months to get to know him so much. And Lord, we pray that you'll be with him and his wife Abby, be with them and keep them safe on the road as they travel. Bring them back home safely and uneventfully. Lord, we lift up our association to you. 
We pray for that, that plant that You've put into the hearts of our leaders to see a church in Athens, Alabama. We pray that You would raise up the family that will be a part of that, that will be there getting their hands into the soil, digging and planting seeds, preparing the ground so that we might see a new church planted. Lord, we lift up our church to You. and We pray that our annual meeting that will be following this service, that it will go well. That You would continue to provide for us and continue to meet every need that we have. Lord, help us to continue to trust You. Not just in our hearts and in our minds, but Lord, help us to trust You through obedience. Help us to trust You through faithfulness by faithfully being Your people. And Lord, help us to follow where You lead. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins and give us the liberty of that abundant life which You have made known to us in Your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with You in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please make sure that you have your communication cards ready as the ushers or usher, as it were, comes forward to collect the Lord's tithes and our offerings. the benediction of the Lord. And may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. May we go in the blessing of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please check out our website at faithmethodistchurch.org.